Welcome to episode 11 of the Sports Exchange Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Bobrin. Joining me right now is my co-host, Brant Weber. Brant, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. Everything's good here, Reggie. It's been a while, hasn't it, already? Yeah, we were just talking about that. It's been almost three weeks, uh, obviously, since uh, episode 10. Uh, I took a little trip. I took about a week and uh, almost a week and a half trip. And uh, I guess I was uh, still recovering from that week and a half trip <laughs> since last um uh, last Wednesday when I flew in. So it's good to be back. Episode 11. Uh, you know, it, it took a while, but we're here. So are you ready to do this again? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's, let's get it going. All right. All right. So obviously uh, the NBA playoffs are going to dominate a large portion of this show. We'll talk about some other stuff uh, towards the uh, back half of the show. Uh, let's start with tonight's game. A uh, very pivotal one with the uh, Phoenix Suns and the LA Clippers. Since the last time we talked, uh, obviously these two teams had not been playing. It was still uh, the um, the Clippers were playing. I forget who they were playing. But the Suns had just eliminated or about to eliminate the uh, Denver Nuggets. Uh, the Clippers. Oh, the, was, it the, was it the Mavericks? No, that wasn't the Mavericks. It was the... Um, who did they play in the second round? I think it was Dallas. Oh, it was Dallas? Okay. And wait, I, I'm not sure. I mean, but I anyway. That, anyway, it doesn't so matter. <laughs> right. Now, mm-hmm. uh, point is, so obviously we've not touched upon any of the respective conference finals uh, since our last show in uh, June 10th. Um, let's talk about this game in particular. It's going to game six tonight. Phoenix came out the gate looking like they were just going to basically – uh, just steamroll the Clippers. The Clippers are a bit of an enigma, falling 0-2 in each of their previous series, but coming back to win and showing life again without Kawhi Leonard. Um, give me your 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 uh, take for uh, tonight's particular game six. Um, tonight's game is in Phoenix, correct? It is in. No, Phoenix. actually, it's, it's in LA. It's in LA. Yeah, it's okay. LA. It is in LA. It's been a while. You know, I do like the Sun, but winning in L.A. may be tough. Um, I just think the Clippers road stops here. It may go to seven games. I just think Phoenix will win. I just think Booker is going to get back on track and and uh, get the thing done with. They don't want to take the Clippers to game seven. You know what? I'm, I'm uh, The Clippers kind of – how do I explain? I'm not a big fan of their – players or their team i like what they're They're doing though yeah i like what they've been doing though they showed a lot of resilience and a lot of toughness i mean i think it well obviously in each of the 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 prior series where they fell on 0-2 it just looked like they were flat and lifeless and then they just kind of make this comeback and they look like they're doing it again i mean the last game with uh, paul george where he had like 41 points reggie jackson has emerged i mean i've heard of reggie jackson uh, the basketball player obviously um you know, when he was with Detroit, when I remember even as far back as Boston College. But, I mean, he's really taking a, a step up with Kawhi Leonard going down. He's got to obviously make some money this upcoming summer. I, I like their team. I don't know. I like I like Ty Lue. I, I like I'm, – they're starting to grow on me, like you mentioned. Well, uh, you know, with the Paul George, everyone hating on Paul George. Everyone says that Paul George can't play in the playoff. But right now, you can just throw that out the window because – he has done everything he can to carry the team in his back with Leonard out. So uh, if they do lose the series, it definitely will not fall on him. So, you know, the injuries have been a big story, but uh, uh, it's been it's been interesting. So tonight's game is going to be an uh, interesting one to watch if I can make it through it without falling asleep and uh, have to get up and go to work at 6 in the morning. Mm. Okay. I like a lot of the things that they're doing, too. Here's the thing about the Clippers. So they're throwing a lot of pieces out. DeMarcus Cousins, who played well uh, in the last game. I'm, I'm looking at their roster right now. I mean, they've been, even the games that they've lost, let me see. They haven't lost big. They had the uh, that big eight and put back. Um, that was, uh, right. yeah. So it's not like the Clippers have been manhandled. I mean, uh, you know, I'm looking at the scores right now. So they've lost from game one. To right now, they've lost once. Uh, they lost one twenty, one twenty to one fourteen, one hundred four to one hundred three, one hundred six ninety two, eighty four eighty, and one hundred six to one hundred two. 
So, I mean, those have been the, the, the those have been series, yeah. yeah, it's been a close series, and obviously the uh, Aiton putback would obviously would make uh, a huge change for them. I think the Clippers can actually win this series. I don't know about I, I mean, I know you're picking the Suns. You think the Suns close it out tonight, or you think they do in seven? Well, you actually you uh, obviously said tonight. They better close it out tonight, even though it's a road game. It's gonna be a lot it's easier uh, said than done. Obviously, I just feel that. I agree with you. Part of me is saying the Sun will win it, but the other half is saying the Clippers pushes a game seven. I don't care if it is in Phoenix. Uh, the Clippers have the experience, so they can definitely come back and win game seven. So uh, I'm throwing an answer on both sides here. Uh, that's why I think tonight's game is of utter importance for the Sun to don't even get to a game seven. How how impressive is the Clippers – doing this without Leonard. I mean, this is shocking to me, personally. I mean, uh, Kawhi Leonard is one of the five or six best players. Uh, we still don't know the extent the, the extent of his injuries. Um, I think it's an ACL. I've heard that, but nobody's saying anything. And um, But how sh- shocking are you – how shocking is it that they're doing this without Leonard, their best player? Well, I just think that uh, it was really all up to – you know, Paul, uh, Paul George to just care, just put it, go to another gear. And, and what is he averaging? 30 something points during oh, the series. He has to be. Yeah. That's, that's the point. I mean, during the regular season, he wasn't even averaging 20 a game. I, I don't believe. So, um, it's, it's a huge, huge, uh, pickup. When the other guys see Paul George doing it, they're carrying their weight as well. But I also heard that the the uh, Clippers big man is out tonight as well. Oh, Zubac. Um, Zubac? Yeah, he, he is out tonight as yes, well. Yes, he is out. I'm looking at the injury report right now. It's him and Kawhi. Yes. So that should be interesting. That's why the Suns need to get it done tonight. Well, that's why if Booker's on. If Booker's on tonight. It'll be a tough game. Well, that's why I brought out even DeMarcus Cousins. He's been – and he's a guy who has not – I can't remember the last time he's actually played in the NBA. I know what teams he's been on, but I, like, contributed to a, a team. And he actually, you know, played – we gave him some solid minutes. Uh, they still have Marcus Morris. They have Patrick Beverly played well. Did a great job on Booker. I don't know. Were you able to catch the uh, game, game five? He did a great job on Booker. Booker hasn't seen right since he got his nose broken. Yeah, I'm watching the uh, the pregame right now on ESPN, and uh, and you know Chris Paul struggled shooting too. But you're right about Beverly; he's just a tenacious defender, and uh, he did a great job. And the question is, can he keep it up? Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. So this game is about to start in another hour from now. Um, uh, again, I'm going Clippers. I say the Clippers. Actually, do I want to go Clippers in seven? I'll say the Suns in seven, but I say the Clippers win tonight. Wow, okay. I'm saying the Suns will win. But I'm going back and forth here, see? Let me put it this way. Suns will win it in six. But if they don't win it tonight, Clippers will win it in seven. Does that make sense? So you're doing the exact opposite from what I said. Like I'll Exactly pick... right. Okay. Exactly right. <laughs> okay, yeah, that does make sense then. Okay, um... All right, so we'll, we'll wait and see on that game. Obviously, we'll discuss it more uh, next episode. Let's talk about the uh, Bucks-Hawks series. Now, that, that series wow. is taking an interesting twist, um, wow. especially last night. I think you know where I'm getting at. Um, yeah, so let's actually let's just hit on that. So how big uh, Giannis' injury, from what I've seen, it is a severe ACL injury. They haven't said if it's a tear or a strain or anything, but they just said it's a severe one. Um, actually, actually, I got the latest report on that. Go ahead. Um, apparently, he avoided a major injury. So that's the latest I've heard. So right now, they're saying he's doubtful. But that's, but obviously, with a hyperextended knee, you're not going to be playing. So I, I just can't see him playing the rest of the series. But apparently, he has avoided uh, any major damage, from my understanding. Okay. I just want to make sure you confirm that. But I'm that's, seeing that's my- no structural damage to the left knee. I'm I'm looking at ESPN right now. Okay, no structural damage. That's good. Um, I don't think he'll play the rest. I don't play. I don't think he'll play again in this particular series. So they'll have to do it without him. Uh, I agree. 
love on Chris Middleton and uh, Drew Holiday. They really need to pick up their game. And uh, Brooks Lopez, too. And uh, Okay, so now here's the, the interesting subplot, too. So um, what's his name? Uh, Trey Young went down Sunday when he and uh, I guess <laughs> – I think he stepped on a ref's foot and twisted his ankle, which is irony of ironies. Yeah. He's out. Yeah. He he doesn't look like I don't. I'm trying to look to see. They haven't said anything. Obviously, they're not going to play till tomorrow. If he's going to actually return or not. But Atlanta, how about them showing up big time? I mean, they didn't just really. They had that game in full control the entire basically since tip off. I was very impressed with what they did last night. Well, unfortunately, I did not really see the game, but. From what I understand, uh, I was told that Milwaukee came out there completely listless, no energy whatsoever from the start. And it's, it's as if, uh, you know, they were thinking, okay, Trey is out. You know, we can just win this game. And I got a feeling that was the attitude they must have had to really be listless and it's not, they were not into it. So they, they have to have a big wake up call now. Okay, so I'm I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Trey Young is, well, he was out, but he has a bone bruise in his right foot. So it's not like a, a normal twisting ankle. That sounds pretty bad. I don't know if he'll be able to return this series either, the way they make it sound. Um, but they do say he's questionable for game five. Yeah, so they won't make a decision until tomorrow. That's correct. What do you think of that? How I mean, okay. Well, first of all, I, I guess I'll, I'll wait on that that particular part. Give me your um, your. Well, we're going to game five, so we'll, you know they always said game five is the most important. It's the uh, it's the most important um, game of the series. Is usually going to indicate who's going to be in, well, not just in the driver's position, but nine times out of ten, whoever takes game five you know, takes the, uh, especially in the NBA, takes the series. So I guess we won't know anything until tomorrow. Do you like an early favorite? What do you think? With the, with all that we've seen right now with the two-star players hurt, which do you think is the more complete team? I like what I see from Atlanta. Um, I still like Milwaukee. Um, only if Trey is not back. So if Trey and Giannis are both out, I still like uh, Milwaukee's one-two punch of Middleton and Drew Holiday. And uh, if Lopez can pick up his game, um, I just feel like that's a hard team to beat. Um, I just think Milwaukee just learned a real tough lesson of what not to do after yesterday's uh, blowout loss. Um, but if Cray's back and there's no genre for the Bucks, wow. I I had picked the Bucks to win the whole thing. And, of course, assuming that Giannis was healthy. so mm. But that definitely takes uh, a definite turn here. So, um, it's going to be interesting. Really, it's a huge game five tomorrow. You know, logical sense would say the Bucks as well for me as far as a prediction, um, at least an early one from this point. I don't know. I, I'm I'm liking Atlanta. I wouldn't mind seeing them go. I, I don't know. They said. I mean, they they have a bunch of shooters on that team, which is fun to watch and. It's, you know, even watching it yesterday, just these guys, uh, I, uh, their name escapes me right now, but um, uh, the, the one, one's a redhead guy. It's like two white guys, but I forget their names. Uh, one's uh, a... Yeah, exactly. And one's... Uh, uh, is it Buyachev or Buyachev? I think it's Buyachev. I mean... Oh, I, can't, I can't. Yeah, you can't pronounce like it. But yeah, exactly. There you go. And, I mean, these guys are lighting it up. And then they have a nice athletic team. Although Clint Capella looked like he got his nose broken. I like the mix of their team. You know, Josh Collins. Uh, they got just some guys on there. They got some rough riders on there. I love a team. Like, I love a young upstart team, especially one that nobody had predicting going forward. And with this Giannis injury, it makes it tough. But I, you know what? I, I'll go with logical sense. I think Milwaukee's got the better team. More experienced, at least. So. But I tell you what, Atlanta does remind you a lot of the Miami Heat last year, don't they? Yeah. A team that no one was expecting. And because of their chemistry, they're battling through, they're getting there. Um, so they're two wins away from doing what the Miami Heat did last year to win the Eastern Conference. So, um, But these injuries are really taking a toll. So it's a, uh, wow, it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. I, I guess I'll go with the Bucks. I'll go with the Bucks in seven. I think they uh, all right. 
Yeah, I, I think that's another one that goes seven games, and I think they'll uh, they'll pull it out. So it'll be a Bucks versus um, Suns matchup. Now this leads me to my next. By the way, you said you said the Bucks as well, right? Just a clever. I did say the Bucks, okay. and I believe it may be seven. Okay. Um, right now, Trey Young is questionable for tomorrow's game. Okay. And Giannis is doubtful, so that that, that means anything for anybody. Yeah, I had mentioned. Yeah, he's uh, he's questionable right now for Game Five. Uh, Trey Young uh, with that bone bruise in his, uh, I think his left foot or his right foot. His right foot. Yeah. yeah. So this leads me to my next point. Um, now that we've made our early predictions of what we think is going to happen in each uh, respective conference finals this year, uh, this particular playoff year, I should say. I, I read somewhere earlier, and I'm, I've never been one about with asterisks or anything like that. But let's just say, hypothetically, Giannis doesn't come back for the rest of the playoffs. Let's just say Trey Young doesn't, or let's say he comes back. But, you know, I don't think Trey Young is yet on that level of Giannis or Kawhi and all these guys. Knowing what we know about Kawhi's injury and he's out, would you say these particular matchups, do you enjoy watching a new breed of of teams like the Suns and the Bucks and the, potentially the Hawks and the Clippers seems that I don't think the Hawks or the Clippers have ever made it to the NBA Finals. I know the Suns and the Bucks have. Um, are you enjoying these particular matchups? And would you say, with the lack of star power in these particular, is there a certain? Is it going to be? Is the champion of this year going to be as respected as years in the past? Wow, that's a that's a loaded question there. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm sorry about that loaded. I, I do, <laughs> well, I do enjoy the uh, you know different teams being there. Um, you know the underdogs. You know, fans love the root of the underdogs. You know if their team is out of it. Um, a lot of people are rooting for the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix actually, uh, I don't believe they've ever won an NBA championship. So no, they haven't. They have not been. The Atlanta Hawks have never won an NBA title. Uh, Milwaukee has way back in the day, I believe. And, uh, uh, Cinder and Oscar Robertson. Yeah, correct, correct. And I don't believe uh, the Clippers have never won one either, no, have no. they? Yep. Oh, exactly. So. Never even made a finals. The Hawks and the Clippers right. have never made a finals. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's good to see it. Um, everyone in the beginning was saying, okay, it could be the Lakers and the Nets. And, and how – funny things have happened the injuries have been a big story there's no question about it but there should be no asterisk champions are champions i've said it in any sport i don't care what it is we had the same argument dealing with college football last year about the national championship i said nope it'll be a true national champion and i think they that was pretty much what it was so um they're champions of champions everyone battles through injuries um the next man up and and I like the fact that we had different teams. Yeah, I'm actually enjoying it too. I, I really kind of, I, I think when the final four, I think when, well, I said the final four, but you know when I'm, the final four pairing of the NBA, uh, remaining NBA playoffs, I saw that and it took me like, oh, well, okay. I mean, even though the Clippers are a big market team, they're not a big market franchise. So it's good to see different, you know, different blood. This is, you know, not the, you know, no offense, but, you know, seeing teams that we've seen in the past, the Heat. Well, I mean, remember, I'm I'm saying strictly because I lived down there when the Heat won all their championships. So I've seen the Heat there. I've seen the Lakers. I've seen um, uh, the uh, who? Why am I drawing a blank? San Antonio Spurs. I'm talking like over the last 15 years. You've seen this like a revolving door of these teams that you would expect to be there, Um, you know. And now you see teams that you. I mean, Phoenix uh, a few years ago. I I mean, they had the number one pick. They took uh, DeAndre Ayton. You know, they were a bottom a bottom dwelling team in the West. The Clippers have always been a punchline. You know, the Hawks, you know, again, a few years ago was a lottery team. And then the Bucks, I mean the Bucks have made steady progress, but they've always kind of fell short of their you know, their true goals, their true potential. Now they they seem like they're knocking on the door, but obviously with the Giannis injury. But I like seeing that. I wonder if the NBA will kind of look at that and think, Oh, you know, I wonder what kind of ratings that they're gonna get first and foremost. Well, Unfortunately, I don't think it will be a big rating boost if you get a Milwaukee-Phoenix uh, uh, final, for example. Um, you know, the true basketball fan, you know, like us, would really enjoy it. But 
when you had that average fan, uh, oh, it's LeBron playing Lakers. Yeah, that, that would shoot the market up. Or if it's, oh, the New York Knicks are back. Or the Brooklyn Nets, or there's the big three. Yes. Uh, so you know, the, the ratings are not going to be as good as re- recent years because of that, if it does happen that way. But let me ask you one question uh, regarding the Milwaukee Bucks. Go ahead. Now, if the Bucks lose this series, what happens to their head coach, uh, Food Knowles? You know, that's tough to say now that Giannis has gone down, and we don't know the status of it. Um, he's came up short three times. He's definitely a good coach. I think he'll survive just because of the Giannis injury, to be honest. I agree with you, and uh, and I think it will depend on uh, the player support of the coach as well, you know, once this is done, too. And they seem like they get along fine. It's just that they seem to come up short now. Uh, the last two years, they definitely came up short. Uh, this year, uh, they blew right through the first round, and then they were in trouble against it, but they beat supposedly the best team in the East. We were watching back that together. We were watching series. that. Oh, first, I, I, actually, you know what? I'll let you finish your point. I, I do want to talk about that game seven from a couple of weeks back. That was an exciting game. But, no, you're right. They did They did make a lot of um, – I mean, they – I mean, what they made it – what they were eliminated from the heat in the first round last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? And then – No, the second round. Okay, the heat, second the round. And then they yeah. they lost to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals the year before that in nineteen. So it's not like they've right. been bad. Hey, I think he'll survive. I, I don't. You don't fire a coach like that. I mean, uh, I, especially again with the Giannis injury being a main factor. I don't think they'll cut ties with him. I agree with you one hundred percent because who's going to get who's going to be better than him at this point? Exactly. You know so. You know, I agree with you on the Giannis, even if he was playing, um, I think he'll be back for another season. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that, see, that I would really have to think about if Giannis was uh, in the lineup and he was still playing and they lost. Uh, the problem is, is that if they do lose, it's the Atlanta Hawks. That's the way people are going to be thinking about. Oh, well, you know what? They lost to the Brooklyn Nets. You know what? They're supposed to win the whole thing, but the Atlanta Hawks. So that's where, you know, there could be some back and forth uh, bannering going on here about um, how hot his uh, seat will be once the series is over. Yeah, I, so that's why I think I think the Bucks need to win this series. I mean, I, obviously, look if if they get blown out the rest of the. Uh, you know, game five, game six, and game seven. If they get blown out in any of those games, I guess it depends on how badly that they lose. Uh, if they lose respectively, you know, two or three points here, a five point, even six or seven points, that's fine. If they get destroyed and manhandled by the Hawks, kind of like yesterday, then I think the seat will be very hot for uh, Coach Budenheiser. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Okay. I, that, I Speaking of the Bucks, I, I do, again, we have not recorded in about three weeks, so we did miss an epic game that we actually didn't get to talk about that I actually saw with you and, and the boys down there at Corbett's, and that was the uh, Brooklyn Nets against the Milwaukee Bucks Game 7 in Brooklyn. What an epic game. Just like wow, three, three four minutes just to talk about this game. It was like, what a what an epic game. I mean, this, uh, I mean, uh, you had an overtime you had a Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant wore, I don't know what sneaker size that he wore, but if he wore like maybe a shoe size, maybe three or four inches smaller, that's a three pointer, and they win the series. So, right, yeah, um, I didn't agree. A couple, but, Kevin Durant, but, but what about Kevin Durant? Let's yeah. talk about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, it, when he's healthy, is he the best basketball player in the NBA? I, I think so at this point. I mean, I, with LeBron now starting to show a little bit of wear and tear now, um, he, there's no question in my mind. I think he's the best scorer in the NBA. I think he's the best talent. Uh, and I agree. With it, it, and it's hard to say anyone's better than him if, when he's healthy. That's another problem, too, when he's healthy. I mean, it's uh, he's missed a, a few games, obviously, during the season. Obviously, he was coming back from that. 
a horrible Achilles injury from two years ago. But, I mean, it's just a reminder. I think we've forgotten how great that he was. I think that's more of the mainstay because even – it's funny, like, when they brought these three together. Well, him and Kyrie, and then they brought Harden on. And it's like, these guys, I mean, they only played a handful of games together. We saw how what happened. Look, Brooklyn should have won that series, even if it was just Kyrie. But you think about game one. Think about how that series played out. Let me, let me, let me go back even a little bit more than that game seven. We'll, we'll get back to game seven. But think about game one. Harden hurts his hamstring. He's never really the same throughout the entire um the entire series. Kyrie hurts his ankle. I believe it. That was the same day that I actually flew out to Miami. I think that was game four that he hurts his ankle. He's out. And this is basically Kevin Durant with like Joe Harris and, and uh, is it Bruce Brown? And these guys, he's, he's bums. And Kevin Durant for two of those games, I, I think it was game five and game seven. He plays the entire game. Yeah, 48 minutes. It, that's incredible. <laughs> and even the overtime. I I wasn't angry at him when he, you know, when he had no legs. I think that was a horrible play by Steve Nash to, like, not even give him, like, three or four minutes, uh, three or four minute breather, just to, especially towards the end of the game. I, I Look, nothing against Kevin Durant. Like, I, I mean, like, that's that's incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a guy play an entire game, especially in an overtime. Well, Maybe I just don't remember. Well, we don't know what the dialogue was between he and Nash at that time. Uh, he could have easily said, no, i got to stay excited, trying to keep the game close, trying to keep them in it. And he, he did. Um, but going back to you, going back to game one, um, to think about how they dominated and blew out the Milwaukee Bucks, not only in game one, but game two. Exactly. And so after two games, I don't think anyone gave the Bucks a chance except the Bucks themselves, maybe. And then what they did, to me, it was an incredible four wins out of five games they pulled off on the on Brooklyn to win that series. Yeah, but that Kyrie injury changed everything. It was, again, I remember it. It was a Sunday afternoon game, and once I saw him leave, and I saw how that ankle kind of just snapped. Well, not snapped, but how it just kind of rolled over. I was like, oh, no, he's not coming back. You don't come. I mean, those uh, those kind of injuries take about two to three weeks to recover from. So I guess that kind of pushed Harden to come back a little bit earlier. He didn't look the same. It's just Brooklyn should have been the team that made it, obviously, even if it was just with uh, KD and Kyrie. Uh, that's a I'm not going to say it's a shame, but, you know, like I, I don't I'm not going to root for Brooklyn because I'm a Knicks fan and I don't like how yeah, like, you you know, people say that. If he doesn't get injured, they're going to win that whole thing. But you can't say it. I mean, I always say uh, when Carson Palmer doesn't get injured against the Steelers 2005, the Bengals are winning going on to win the Super Bowl that year. Well, you know that's um, not true. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I, well, I, know, I know that's an analogy. The Steelers were on to win the Super Bowl. But think, that, was, that was the best Bengals team we had. But that's a whole other discussion. Okay. But, I know. Um, but just like when, uh, when uh, Shaq, was injured with Wade the first year. So the Heat were on their way to winning the title, and then they had to wait another year to win the title the following year. So, well, you know, injuries happen, and you can't, you know, do anything about it. I don't know, but it's – it's. Uh, I guess I'm more bummed out that we got robbed out of that because I think – I think I think Milwaukee would have found a way well, – maybe not seven games, but would have found a way, obviously, going back home after those first two losses to play um, – um, to to play against in their in front of their home crowd against Brooklyn, we'll find a way to make it more interesting. It was just it was just a shame that basically, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nets were gutted, kind of like that, and we kind of were robbed of what they could have been had they all played together. I would have liked to have seen that series play out with all those guys there, even though, again, like I mentioned, it probably. I mean, I, I don't know if the Nets sweep them, but it probably goes five. I'll tell you what. We'll wait till next year and find out if it happens. Right, fair enough. But we got other. Okay. No, Go ahead. But also, we saw the ticker too. Uh, you know, the NBA, uh, the Lakers are finalizing the deal to hire Fisdale. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Ex Miami Heat assistant, mm -hmm. former New York Knicks head coach. Yep. Yeah. So I find that interesting. Yeah, he's a. He, I think, and he, that's the relationship between him and LeBron. I mean, I was probably one of the rare, the few guys, uh, I guess, on management or coaching staff that LeBron actually had a, a very good relationship with, even when he left, um, 
even when he left Miami, he still maintained a very good relationship with uh, with Fisdale. Um, but he, he never had a good relationship in New York, did he? No. I mean, I don't know what happened. Uh, that's uh, the Knicks are just. I mean, I think we've gotten turned around right now. But I was very excited about initially about the hire, but you know, obviously, look, they didn't surround him with the proper players, and obviously, uh, management. You know, it's just what it was. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Okay, so all right, so we've co- we've covered the NBA. Um, uh, conference finals right now. Obviously, we'll know who's playing what. We'll know what the NBA finals will be next week. I do want to touch on this before we um, move away from basketball. I don't know if you saw the whole Scottie Pippen thing that happened over the early part of the week where he was on the Dan Patrick show. I, tr- I tried to look for the audio of it just separately instead of like trying to cut and paste through the whole 20 minutes. But I don't know if you've heard it, but I, I know you've heard the the statements, but I don't know if you've actually heard the entire interview. So Scotty... Um, Apparently, there's a book, Unguarded, coming out. Um, and he made a few kind of head of well, one that really stuck out the most. Uh, was he, uh, well, he claimed Phil Jackson is a racist. Um, what are your initial thoughts on that? I was like, really? Really, Scotty? I mean, yeah. come on, man. Are you serious? I mean, now, now you're bringing it out now. How many years later after he finished playing in the NBA? Exactly. I mean, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I mean, I don't know. If he, that, that's what I think, too. There's no doubt about it. Let's tell a book and why you would say that. And we haven't heard any other player from that time respond or made a comment about it. But uh, to, to me, it's a joke. I mean, it was. I, I don't. Have you heard? I mean, I mean even watching the video with Dan Patrick, it was very awkward. It was really weird. I mean, he has a, so he has the, the book, as I mentioned, unguarded. He has this brand of bourbon that he's been promoting. And he actually had it in front of him, which you'll probably, you know, obviously trying to endorse his, uh, his, his, uh, his, his liquor, but even the relationship, I mean, even the, the, the questioning at one point in time, he, he, he basically asked uh, Dan Patrick, you know, do you understand English? He's being very, just like, you know, just contentious and just, it was just really weird watching. And I'd never known Scotty. I look, we've all known like two things about Scotty Pippen. He's one of the 50 greatest players of all time. And he's a horrible tipper. That's why he got the nickname, no tipping Pippen. But, <laughs> but no, you, I forgot. Yeah. But, um, just to watch that interview, I wonder why. I mean, why would you want to burn bridges saying st- stuff like that? I guess we've seen guys like that do that. I remember Pete Rose in 2004 when he came out with his book and he finally admitted to the world pretty much what we all knew, that he, he betted on baseball. What is this thing with, with people who are pushing books that just like, they come out with these uh, you know astronomical things? Because like you said, you brought up a good point. Nobody's ever said that. I'd never heard B.J. Armstrong or Ron Harper or Bill Cartwright or um, Stacey King. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan basically have ever said anything like that. Um, I, I don't really get why he's doing that. I haven't seen if he he's retracted any of that. Uh, I have to look it up and find out right now. Yeah, to me, right now, it's like, uh, to me, it's selling, a, it's selling a book. I mean, it to me, it makes no sense. I haven't heard anything from the Lakers player that he coached when he was coaching there. Uh, to me, I find it awfully strange. Uh, I just think that Scottie Pippen is kind of a strange, uh, strange, uh, you know, dude too. So um, to me, it made no sense. I wish I'd seen the uh, interview or the video. I have not seen it, but I did see the comment, and that was the one I thought you were going to bring up. And uh, to call him a racist, uh, but on what grounds? I didn't see any examples. I didn't see any incident that he had. He just basically said he's a racist and nothing else to support it. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading this thing right now. Robert Ory comes to the defense of Phil Jackson after Pippen's comments. Um, it is, okay, and I don't know if it has anything to do with anything, but I do know uh, Scotty... He did have a son that passed away not too long ago, his firstborn, and he is just went through a kind of a big divorce as well. I kind of, when I first heard that, after I finished listening to that, maybe it's kind of a bit bit of a midlife stuff. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not friends with the guy. I don't know him. Um, but it's it's just really weird. And you know what's funny too? I just thought about when Phil Jackson was coaching. Pippen was actually an assistant coach or assistant advisor with the Lakers, where he actually he was helping behind the scenes staff. I'm sorry, behind the scenes stuff with Phil Jackson when Phil Jackson was there. I believe this was like the early. Uh, 2010s, late 2009s, early 2010s. So I find, I, I don't know. I, I Last week it was Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, he was taking, he was taking some, you know, some shots at, and now, now it's Phil Jackson. I'm waiting to see what next week's going to be. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't, it's, it's, I don't know what's going on in his head. I, I'd like to think maybe, you know, he was drunk when he did that. I, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's crazy. He's got a, you know, he has another son who uh, played basketball at Vanderbilt this year, and I think he declared for the draft, or I'm not sure if he declaring for the draft or came back, but um, he should be proud of, you know, just worry about his son and, and Vanderbilt supports that. Don't even, I know he's done some an, basketball analysts on TV and stuff, but come on, I mean, the timing of the whole thing, it's, and you mentioned how he plugged in a book, which I didn't realize. That made more sense there, possibly. So, I don't know. We're just uh, we're just speculating at this point of the reasons why. But to me, I, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's uh, just to kind of put a finishing touches on that. It was basically because of the... Oh, it's the famous... Oh, you know what it was from? I just realized it because now it just hit me. It was from the, the last dance. You remember when... Uh, Michael had kind of made, even though he wasn't on the team at the time, when they gave that ball, they gave that last shot to Tony Kukoc, and Scotty sat out that last play with like 1.5 left. That's why he said the move. The um, he told the he told the magazine it was GQ originally who we did the um, the interview with, and then uh, Dan Patrick kind of brought it up to talk more about that. But he said um, him giving Kukoc the last shot was a racial move, uh, which makes absolutely wow. no sense. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> How how do you respond to that when you're? I mean, how do you respond to that? I mean, come on. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's a shame really he had to even say that. Yeah, I, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I I'm I'm still waiting. I was hoping to see if he again had kind of uh, taken back a few of those statements or anything like that. I, I always knew it. Like, I always was of the mindset. I shouldn't say I always knew that him and Jordan wasn't as close as people wanted to be. As we come to find out, Jordan is a, kind of a bit of a, a hard ass, a bit of a difficult person. So I, I never bought the fact that they were as close. Um, I could even, you know, some of the things that he has said, you know, about Jordan, especially in that particular interview as well, I'm kind of like whatever with. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought the racist thing was kind of like a, that was obviously a bit too much and, I don't think anybody's taken anybody supported that claim or supported him for saying that. And there would have been at least half a dozen people if that was true. So I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that Robert Ory at least that's one player that stepped up and defended Jackson. So yeah, uh, maybe more. Maybe more will come out. Yeah, we'll see. But that's a Ory. Ory is now you know on TV now. Uh, He's a basketball analyst now on ESPN too, so he probably was asked that question. And so it wouldn't surprise me he was one of those few players that came out and defended him. So yeah, big shot, Rob. I mean, sense. I mean, and that's a guy that has a lot of obviously a lot of history with Phil. I think he would he won like three, he won three he won the three straight championships with Jackson as well in Los Angeles. So. Yeah, and he won seven. And he won seven in total. So he has a lot of uh, big shot, Rob. Yeah. So I mean, no, we'll see what happens. So that was something I thought that was pretty interesting, a non-playoff related to talk about. I see that the uh, Stanley Cup has has started. Uh, two Tampa Bay was it the Lightning? Yep. Two games to zero against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, have you watched nice. any of the games? It's one zero, and tonight they just started game two. Oh, I thought it was two. Wait, I thought it was two zero already. What was I looking at? Uh, so it's only no. You're looking two. at the shot. You're looking at shots. It's just game two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tampa Bay's up one zero. They dominated the first game. You you'll be happy to know I did watch the uh, at least a good portion of the Islander um, 
lightning game, uh, game seven last Friday, just to kind of, yeah, just say, I, I, you know what, again, I, and I'm not the hockey guy, obviously, um, but there is nothing like player because that was a close game. It was one zero. And you could see at the end, like when uh, the players were skating around trying to get a shot and the Islanders took their goalie out and they had like, it was, it was pretty fun, man. I, I could just imagine what going to a game would be like. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a, uh, you know, but like you said, there's nothing like playoff hockey compared to the regular season. There's night and day. There's no question about it. And the big story about the hockey is that the Montreal Canadiens had the worst, the lowest points of the worst record going into the playoffs. And so they were the underdogs, and they made it all the way to the finals. And that's, But I think the Lightning's going to sweep them in four games. I think, I think Montreal is not going to – it's not a good matchup for the Canadians, in my opinion. Wow, really? Yeah, four-game sweep. Okay. All right. I mean, we'll wait and see on that. I'm actually – oh, well – Actually, the NBA game is about to start soon, so I'll probably watch that one. And I'm hearing the, I'm hearing the rain outside. Believe it or not, uh, we still haven't seen the sun since you left. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. I, I've never seen a stretch here in Miami with uh, rain or clouds. It's now going on week number three. You'll see the sun maybe an hour in the morning. That's about it. Yeah, that was something that was definitely unrealistic to me. I was just like, it looked like over here, because over here in the morning is overcast. So uh, that to me was... It's hard to get off the topic of the sports here. So. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, we fine. Gotta... it's fine. It's fine. We, we got that. I was trying to look up some more stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to remember if anything happened in baseball. I know uh, some pitcher from Seattle got ejected from having some foreign substance, but I'm trying to look Well, let's up. talk about that, because now that the... June 3rd, I believe, was the date that Major League Baseball came out and said they're going to start checking pitchers right. uh, for foreign substances. Now, they officially started doing that. I believe, I want to say it was Monday, a week ago. It's one week now. Uh, today is Wednesday. Yeah, I think it was over a week ago. for yes. nine days. Yes. Okay. So, now... Not only has the offensive number throughout the league has jumped, not just from the last nine days, but all the way back to early June when they made the announcement. When they made the announcement, the pitchers had to make their own adjustments. I'm like, look at look at some of these pitchers. What's happened to Garrett Cole now? All of a sudden, with the Yankees, can you explain that one? That I can't explain. Um... That's just one pitcher, though. There's a, there's there's a handful about there. All of a sudden, you know, they're 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 just not the dominant pitcher they were. I know. So it's very well outside of your if your name's not uh, Jacob Degrom or you know Otani, right? You know, in fact, oh, actually, Otani's playing the Yankees tonight. Uh, I might want to just take a peek at that. He's pitching. He hit two home runs, and then now he's pitching tonight. Sorry, I just had to say that. No, um. You know, I have a question. Yeah, it's very similar to the steroid era where guys were just kind of hitting 50, 60 home runs. And then once baseball kind of implemented in 05, the drug testing thing, you saw those numbers radically decline in every aspect. In fact, I don't think a guy that Juan Carlos hit 60. He hit like 58, 59. But we've only seen it once or twice where guys hit like over 55 home runs, which was uh, Ryan Howard. From off the top of my head, it was Ryan Howard and it was um, – Juan Carlos Stanton when he was with the Marlins before he went to there. But I, I, I see what you're saying. We see this trend in baseball. Let me ask you a question. Are we of the mindset that pitchers from the past, as I mentioned before in a prior past, uh, prior pod, Gaylord Perry, I don't know, maybe even throwing a Tom Seaver, a Steve Carlton, these guys weren't using some kind of substance. I'm, I'm, I'm not – completely naive enough to believe like this stuff has not been happening. I mean, we could say what we want about steroids. I don't know if guys in the fifties or sixties or, you know, seventies used it, but pitchers. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying that's why I'm like, some people, I've heard some people make claims that Mickey Mantle was on steroids, which I always found to be completely absurd. I'm just saying like, yeah. you know, the, you know, those guys weren't bulking up like that, but I've always been of the mindset that pitchers were somehow, even if you don't want to call it cheating, but they were they were doing something to kind of manipulate or give them a, a little bit of an upper hand. I'm not of the mindset that those guys weren't doing it back then. I, I, maybe no, that's I just agree me. with you. 
Okay. I I don't think they're going to the extreme uh, like the players are going today. And they're not using as many or different substances. I just think it's more natural. Like they were, they would spit on the ball. Maybe they loosen a stitching on the ball. Uh, something. Uh, you know, maybe a little sandpaper. I'm trying to think of some old school stuff that they would use. Um, you know, petroleum jelly or whatever it may be. It was like pine tar. And now you I, I, yeah, yeah. But it, and pine tar is another one. And I agree with you, but they did enforce, you know, wool back then. They let it go, and, and it, it, it was accepted on both sides. So it was not a big deal. But now, I remember the last time we talked about it, uh, about the substance thing. I don't know if we talked about it while you are here or not. Um, like I remember you saying, oh, it's, it's really not a big deal, you know, but... I'm starting to change my mind a little bit here because now I'm starting to see how, wait a minute now, is it really that much different for the pitchers than it was for the, the guys, you know, juicing the bats or steroids, uh, enhancing their numbers. Now I like to see a pitcher throw a legitimate game, no hitter without using the substance more so than, you know, what if Nolan Vine used all that stuff? He threw seven no hitters. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, would you would you bet money that Nolan Ryan used something? Maybe to that, maybe not. You know, maybe not go overboard, but just use something to kind of give him a bit of a bit of a better grip on you know a certain pitch or a certain. Uh, I, I will. Say, I, I will say this. Sorry to interrupt. I will say this. Go ahead. I, I really believe guys like Nolan Ryan or Randy Johnson didn't have to use it because they had the talent. They had that fastball. It's the pitcher that needs that extra. You know, they don't have that dominant fastball, so they need they need that extra stuff to enhance their pitching. I don't think Nolan Ryan or Randy Johnson needed that stuff, and I don't think they did it because when you're throwing 100 miles an hour, you really need that stuff. That is true. I mean, those are different breeds as far as uh, um, pitching talent. Correct. And, and Correct. Now, I believe it's the tier two guys that are really using it. And then, you know, Garrett Cole was – he came up through the Pirates organization, I believe, or the Pirates. Yes, he did. I, I knew he, was, I mean, he went from Pittsburgh to the Yankees. But the, he, he showed promise to the Pirates, but he never pitched the way he did with the, the Yankees. I don't know if he just started well, doing stuff. Remember, at he point. went to Houston. He went to Houston first. Uh, right, you're signed. correct. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, he did. This, he went to Houston. But uh, so I don't know. I mean, to me, it's mind-boggling. Uh, Jacob Degrom is the real deal, apparently, because I, they randomly checked him as well, and he hadn't been found with anything. So uh, who knows? Uh, do you enjoy that? Like, because I've watched a few baseball games over, I mean, when they really started to crack down on some of these, uh, well, obviously the uh, substance, foreign substance and spider tack and all that stuff. I don't know. It's kind of weird that every time a pitcher comes off the mound, every time they have a new pitcher, like let's say if a starting pitcher comes off and then he has a good, he has a particularly good inning or two or whatever, like, okay, check his stuff. And then they bring in a setup guy or a long relief guy and they check him too. I don't know if that's going to help with the uh, longevity as far as the, the. I don't think so. Uh, but if they do it, you know, when they're coming off the mound in between innings, you're not slowing the game down then. That's, no. To me, that was. Nitpicking. Yeah. But if you have a. If you have a manager like I, I saw some highlights of Joe Girardi going nuts about I, I don't about the pitchers being checked or whatever, but uh, oh yeah, with uh, uh, with Matt Scherzer, with Scherzer, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I did get the whole lowdown in that story, but uh, um, as long as it doesn't slow the game down, uh, you know. But I, I still find it interesting. I haven't really seen it live happened you know what well, i've seen the game yet so um uh, hearing about it you know now we got our first suspension so they they say the 10 game suspension so yeah and it really affects that's really what two stars correct so, yeah that's a weird one 
All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, again, um, now that you've mentioned, I, I actually want to look up those stats to see how high the offensive production as far as averages and power numbers have gone up since they started to crack down on all this stuff. Um, I'll take a look into that. We'll obviously have future discussions on that going, you know, with the, now that we're heading, we're heading almost into the all-star break. So, uh, so obviously we'll see how they can do that. So I, I got another question. Since we're on the baseball topic and the all-star break coming up, right. uh, and we're just about to the halfway point here because a lot of the teams are now approaching 80 games. And I, this will be an easy, easy question for you to answer. What team is the most disappointing team in all of Major League Baseball? Well, the Yankees, of course. I mean, yeah, exactly. What has gone on with that team? Uh, they're, right now they're 41-38. and 38. Look, they're winning their game right now against the uh, Anaheim Angels. But, yeah, they're in fourth place. Uh doesn't look good. I mean, the only, you know, the only the only God saving thing is like they're only seven and a half games behind the Red Sox, so it's not like a insurmountable lead um, compared to like you know like the Royals or the Rangers who are like sixteen games back. But they've just been a terrible disappointment. Uh, their fundamentals stink. Their power their power hitters are just like you know I I mean it starts with Aaron Boone. I I, I wish they I almost kind of don't want them to make the playoffs so they can get rid of Boone and Cashman and just start over, uh, bring in a guy like maybe uh, – I've heard the name Buck Showalter come back. I would love to see him come back. Old school guy, you know. He was really the guy who was the manager when, you know, right before the Yankees made that big run with Joe Torre. But he was the really the guy who kind of set everything up going forward as far as, um, you know, being the manager from uh, – I think he was from 91 to about 95. So – um I'd love to see him yeah. come back, but they just—they've just been a terrible disappointment. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, well, fortunately, they still got second half of the season to go. They got a long way to go. Yeah, um, I, mean, yeah. I think the Boston Red Sox are a big surprise. I don't—I don't think anyone surprised about the Tampa Bay Rays, but no. the Red Sox. I'm like, what got into that team? They were—they were one of the worst teams last year. I mean, I know last, last year was a crazy year, but they were still one of the worst. They had just got rid of uh, Mookie Betts, and uh, that is that is a big surprise. Let's see if they can hold it up. I think Tampa will obviously make a run. I want to see what trades, if any, of the Yankees will make. Maybe uh, give them a shot in the arm. But um, the White Sox, are for, I'm just taking a look at the top of the division. So it's the Red Sox, the White Sox, and it's the Astros. And yeah. it's the Mets. The Brewers, your Reds are in third place, 39-500 exactly, and it is the San Francisco Giants. Wow, the Giants. Wow. <laughs> There's a surprise, too. The a big surprise. Yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah. And then the Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers, all of a sudden are red hot. Uh, they've won eight in a row now. They just uh, they, they put another uh, 15 runs on the, uh, the Cubs today. Um, so I just the Brewers have gotten red hot. So my Reds are just hanging in there trying to – they're playing the Padres right now. They have a lead early in the game. But the Reds, as long as the Reds can get in the second place and then start – we had our tough schedule in the first half of the season. So we're just trying to weather the storm right now. Yeah, they're uh, – well, from a loss standpoint, they're tied with the Cubs. They're just three games behind as far as uh, – well, did, the the post- did they have to postpone some games because of the weather or what? Are they, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and also the Cubs already played today, and the Reds are playing right now. Okay, so, gotcha. um, you know, we're technically two games behind them on that one. But uh, uh, for some reason, the Reds, we have a winning record against uh, every team in our division, including Milwaukee. We have a for 500 against the Brewers. But the NL West, it, it's, it's atrocious. Uh, we can't beat anybody in that division, including Colorado and Arizona. And I'm glad we're going to be done with the Western here because it's giving me a headache. So, <laughs> and then they got a big series of the Cubs this weekend. I'll be if, they, if we can just kind of get past them and just move on from there. And, and they're going to get Sonny Gray back in the next. Uh, yeah, he'll be back on Friday to make his next start. He was on the injured list, so we need to get him back in the rotation. All right. 
Okay, we're not. Well, this isn't Reds. This isn't the Cincinnati Reds podcast. All right, I let you get going because I'm just like, uh, you want to talk about your team, but there's there there. Wait a minute, you talked about the Yankees. For I, I did for a little bit, but the Yankees are more relevant. I mean, come on, you're the one that asked the question. By the way, you said <laughs> you did say who's the most disappointing team. I knew exactly where you were going once you wanted to ask your question. I knew exactly what you were going to ask me. So you opened up Pandora's box. So I went a little bit more. The Reds, if the Reds make it to the first place, or if they make it to the playoffs, you go crazy. You go buck, buck wild crazy with the Reds. I do want to throw uh, three uh, little quick questions uh, to you before. It's just general baseball questions. Nothing really at all to do with this particular season. We've already said the okay. uh, most disappointing team are the Yankees. The most surprising team are the Bucks. I mean, I'm sorry, the Bucks, the Red Sox, the Brewers, and the uh, the Giants caught me off guard. Uh, the three questions I want to ask you. Uh, I, I brought him. I brought his name up earlier. Jacob Degrom. Jacob Degrom is. This is very curious stats. He's pitched in, a, in major leagues for eight years. He only has about maybe sixty career wins, but he has two Cy Youngs. Going on to his third Cy Youngs. Now, normally we know guys who win three Cy Youngs and have that kind of domination usually are Hall of Fame bound. But he, I don't think he'll have the numbers because he's already in his thirties. If Degrom puts together. Kind of like the kind of years. And remember, he's only won like about nine or ten games, and he's won the Cy Young because he's – I mean, if you look at his ERA and his, you know, uh, you know, at-bats against him, the batting percentages against him, it's, it's – I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like it's a different pitcher on a different planet. If he puts together another three or four more years doing what he's doing now, do you think he gets into the Hall of Fame even if those overall win numbers and huge strikeout numbers are there? Yes, I do. It's a uh... – He's just a dominant pitcher, and I think the part of the problem is it's really not on him. So you got to look at he's oh, yeah, one right of the worst pitchers, uh, uh, any pitcher in baseball. So uh, that's the, the other part of the problem. And I think he has some injury issues as well. And his dominance, his dominance came a little later in his career, which is is very interesting. You said he's in his thirties already. He's in his he's in he's in his uh, early thirties. So he was he came up wow. in two thousand fourteen. Um, he won Rookie of the Year, and uh, 15, 14, 15, 16, 17. It wasn't until about nineteen. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was in about till two thousand nineteen. So it's like a fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. It's not to say he was horrible, but this this kind of stretch that he's put together where he's just I mean he might eclipse uh, Gibson's uh, ERA record I mean he's his ERA is like point well I mean he kind of got roughed up a little bit but it's still in like below one I mean it's 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 amazing and you watch him pitch he's like he's the best show in the game right now so um I'm just wondering if Hall of Fame voters I don't know if it's a new class or not they're gonna look at let's say at best he finishes with a hundred I don't know a hundred and 20 wins. I mean, is that going to be enough even if he wins three or four Cy Youngs to get him in a hall? Yeah, it will be because they will look at how dominant he was doing it. And that's the key. Okay. All right. Um, do you like uh, Barry, Barry Sanders, a 10 year career? He's in the Hall of Fame in the NFL. You yeah, know, but 10 years as a running back? That's like a 20 year pitcher. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, it is what it is. Okay, uh, let's see. Do you think the Yankees make the playoffs? Uh, let me take a look at the standings and see what they're up against because um, it depends. The Yankees will definitely make a run. They have to. they got too much talent not to. Uh, they would have to get by. Yeah, they got some. Yeah, they, they, they need to get moving. they got one, two. Uh, three. Well, they got four teams in front of them, just in a wild card. So, you you know they got games with the Rays left, uh, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays are even a game ahead of them. A uh, Cleveland has a better record, uh, and so does Oakland. Mm. So they got some work to do. Um, but I to make the playoffs. Uh, God, there's just a hard team to figure out right now. You can't. I just think they do go on a run though, and maybe squeak in at the end. Okay, all right. And here is the main one. Now I'm going to pronounce. I'm going to try to pronounce the first name. Shohi, Shohi Otani. 
Oh, Tony, I can say his last name perfectly. Okay, so yesterday he did his... Go ahead. It's Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. Thank you for the for you know for the first name. Hit his twenty seventh and twenty eighth home run. I'm looking at his ERA right now. Is this guy the most fun player to watch in baseball? Right now, he has to be the best player in baseball. He did. He did. He did what Babe, Babe Ruth never threw that many strikeouts in a season, and he's not even halfway through the season. Yes, he's okay. Think of- I'm looking at it right now. He's three and one, three point six zero, and he's got eighty three strikeouts. Wow! And Babe Ruth never threw more than thirty in a season. Everyone thought that Babe Ruth would throw strikeouts. He, he, to me, Babe Ruth wasn't a great pitcher. I mean, but he happened to pitch while he was hitting all his home runs. He was all he was always known for his uh, hitting, but. Yeah. You know, it's a certain, to me, that's impressive. So, Otani? Yeah, I mean, is he, but he's, he, you would say, would you say, ah, well, it's, it's tough to judge because uh, the Angels aren't, let me see, where are the Angels located? I'm trying to see if they are anywhere near. Well, remember now, Trout, Trout is out for. He's out, yes. Maybe that's the yeah, he's uh, he's out. So he's kind of been carrying on. I want to see if they have uh, at least a, an above five hundred record. But you would agree that he is the most fun player to watch. I was watching him. I was watching some. You know, it's funny because I live here, obviously in Los Angeles, and but this is more or less Dodger country where I live. But you know, I'll see, I'll hear certain things about Otani, and I'm like, I watched him play yesterday. First of all, I didn't know he looks like he's about seven foot tall. I mean, he looks like a giant. They're okay. They're three games below five hundred. Uh, they're second to last place, but. I remember just, I'm looking at his at-bats. I mean, he's got a very unusual stance, um, but he's just kind of like, he's, he's fun to watch. Those two, those two, he hits bombs too. It's not like he hits like, uh, you know, line drive home runs. He hits them like, he hits, it looks like he hits it like a mile away. So um, I started thinking about that. I'm like, this has to be the, he's he's probably the funnest guy to watch in a, in a, in a game that kind of needs it. Outside of Fernando Tatis Jr., Trying to think of another guy, and Dick, uh, Jacob Degrom. I don't know too many. No, guys. I got another guy. I got, I got another guy. I'm gonna throw in there right now on a short term. What about Kyle Schwarber? Kyle Schwarber. Have you heard of what he's done uh, to the Washington Nationals? Huh? What has he done? I haven't seen it yet. He's done. He hit 16 home runs in the last 18 games. Oh, okay. Well, you got to get – yeah, it's big news in the National League right now. Okay. Kyle Schwarzer, who played for the Cubs last year, he's with the Nationals this year. I've heard the he name, hit, yes. He hit 16 home runs the last 18 games. So now the question is, when he's not going to hit a home run? That's pretty impressive, 16 in the last 18 games. Listen, no one's ever done that. Is that for like what's the June record? I know Sammy Sosa had like twenty in a month once, uh, so he's kind of closing in on that. He's obviously not going to get to it because it's the last day of June, but that's pretty. Well, impressive. he got well, he got sixteen for June. Okay, so obviously his tear started in what second week of June or something. But okay, uh, that is pretty impressive. I got to look that one up. But thank you for bringing that to my attention, Kyle Schwarber. Sixteen home runs. Right now. Yeah, Schwarber in the home run list has 25 for the year now. Okay. So it's so, usually that group. Otani is 28, and Guerrero has 26. Tati just hit one against the Reds. Now the Reds are only up by one. He got 25. Schwarber, 25. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. It's uh, And now that we've seen these guys are uh, – been uh, or at least baseball starting to crack down. I wonder if we'll have like a multiple fifty home run, you know, total season. I, I can't believe I can't remember really the last time. It had to be in like the early two thousands, maybe like two thousand one or two thousand two. Last time we saw that, so we might actually see that again. Um, you know, this particular year with the way that these guys are going, it's and some of the best young talent in the game too. That's why I like to see you seeing some of that. You know that next wave, not so much the Trout or the Harpers anymore, because there's guys younger than them. You remember when Trout and Harper first came into the league? Now you got Tatis and Guerrero, and you got Otana, and you know it's um, and uh, it's it's nice to see that young generation. Okay, we just passed the 104 mark. You have anything else you want to say before we put a bow tie on this? Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> okay. This is around the College World Series. It's uh, 
final third game of the three, a two out of three game series. Mississippi State at five nothing. Gotcha. So on their way to possibly winning the the national championship in baseball over Vanderbilt. Okay. That's it. All right. There we go. That's Brad Weber. Brad, buddy, uh, it's been a while. It's nice to hear your voice again, obviously, um, over over the uh, Sports Exchange podcast, I should say. I, I did hear it. I'd see you in person. Uh, thank you again uh, so much for letting me spend uh, those two days with you when I went back home. Uh, much love. Uh, episode 12. Uh, I guess we'll do it sometime. What's today? I'm, I'm losing track of my days already. What's today? Today is Wednesday. We'll do it sometime next week. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it sometime next week. You let me know when you got some time available. We'll definitely start talking about the NBA Finals matchups that should be, by the time we do our next podcast, that should be already, not necessarily, maybe if not in play by then, it'll be starting up. Uh, we'll see what else breaks out in the sports world. Uh, with that being said, much love, my guy. Uh, like I told you, I will be coming back at the end of, not the end of next month, but the uh, beginning of August, love to see you again. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. And uh, with that being said, thank you again for joining. And um, you be safe, man. And you tell mom I said, what's up? Hey, absolutely. And uh, you are always welcome back home here in Miami. And we enjoyed having you here. And uh, uh, it's great to get back on the podcast, get the uh, our sports opinions out there, and uh, talk to sports again. All right, man. Let's uh, let's hope we got some good juicy stories to talk about next week, man. <laughs> We're getting closer too. Remember. Next uh, next month is uh, the start of training camp for the NFL, so we're not that far away. And a football will be the best topic when we get to it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be looking forward to that. We might have to push an hour and 30 minutes if we start talking football. All right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, brother. Much love. Love you, and uh, you be safe. Talk to you soon, all right? Take it easy, brother. All right. That's Brent Weber, everyone. All right, thank you for uh, joining us on episode 11 of Sports Exchange Podcast. We did run a little bit longer than normal. I do apologize for that, but you know what? We kind of, uh, it's been a while. It's been almost three weeks since the last time we did this, so we had a lot of catching up to do as far as this, uh, the, the content we put on there. We'll try to keep it next to uh, our usual 55 to about an hour range um, next time. So join us for episode 12. That's going to be uh, sometime next week, uh, probably by the end of the week. And uh, we'll see what plays out. We'll definitely be talking about the NBA finals. Uh, the, um, the, the last part of the uh, NBA uh, conference finals, game five, game six. And uh, we'll see, uh, you know, of the um, LA Clippers and the, and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, and uh, till then, peace and love. I'm out.